Hello everyone and welcome to BDSM Bedtime Stories with Ryder. I'm Ryder and I want to thank you for your patience. I've been working through some technical issues and as I'm sure you'll see this story is a bit longer than the last one. It took a little longer to write and so that's why it's late. As always this podcast contains explicit content with a BDSM theme. If you're not interested or under 18 then you need to stop listening now. If you have stories that you would like to have read on this podcast, please send them to bdsmbedtimestories at yahoo.com. Also, if you would like to get in touch with your local community and are not able to for whatever reason, you can email me at that place and I will do whatever I can to help you do that. Until then, it's time for the stories. Tuck yourself in, pull your blankets up nice and tight. And let's get ready. Tonight's story is The Contract. The breath caught in her chest as she stared at the neat pile of papers that lay in front of her. Once again, she had to read the title, A Contract for the Voluntary Submission of Joanne Reynolds. She hadn't read the body of it yet because the title fascinated her so much. She wondered if this was how Eve felt in the Garden of Eden when the snake offered her the apple. The mixture of trepidation, fascination, and anticipation left her breath ragged and her heart pounding in her chest. She slowly rose and went back towards the kitchen to fix her dinner, her mind going back over the last couple months, finally settling on where it all began, the office water cooler. She had been walking past at the time and overheard a snatch of conversation about a recently released movie. She was a woman who let her opinion be known, so she had stopped and said simply, I would never see those movies because the book sucked so much. The conversation quickly ended in the face of such a declaration, and she had went back to her desk. A few hours later, she had looked up to see one of her co-workers standing in front of her desk. If you want to find out what it's really like, be at the Jumping Jalapeno tonight. She looked up at him confused. What what's like? Smirking, he answered, why BDSM, of course. She spent the day in a semi-reverie trying to decide if she should go. When all the fuss about the books had hit, she had done some investigating online. She had heard about munches, that they were a public meeting at a restaurant, but not much beyond that. She had thought about it more and began to wonder what it would be like. She did enjoy a hard swat on the ass during sex, but damned if she would crawl around on a leash behind someone. She wondered if when she went, it would be a bunch of guys sitting around ordering all the girls around. It was in public, so it couldn't be an orgy. Maybe that happened afterwards. She made up her mind to go to the munch. After all, the girl had to eat. But if some guy tried to tell her what to do, she would tell him to get bent. When she arrived home, she stripped and headed for the shower. Having decided to go, 
She was determined to be comfortable. She showered quickly, the hot water turning her skin a glistening pink. She stepped out of the shower and admired herself in the mirror. Not bad for 38, she thought. Sure, her breasts were a bit on the smaller side. That kept them from sagging. She did hate her bubble butt, though, feeling like it left the room a few minutes after she did. Her short blonde hair was wrapped in a towel, and she blew herself a kiss in the mirror as she moved towards her, towards her closet. She had decided she was going to dress conservatively, so she didn't give the freaks any ideas. She chose a dark blue dress, not tight, but not formless either. She dug through her drawers and picked out a nice black bra and matching panties. The dress was long, so she wouldn't need stockings, and finally a pair of black medium heels. Once she was dressed, she looked in the mirror one more time and thought, just a little bit of makeup. She arrived at the Jumping Jalapeno a few minutes after 6 and sat in the car for about 10 minutes trying to pick out who was with the BDSM group. She'd almost decided that it must have been canceled because she hadn't seen anyone go in that remotely looked like what she imagined. Her curiosity finally got the best of her and she headed inside. The back room was pretty full, but that couldn't be the place. The people back there looked like a group of old friends out for a meal. Finally screwing her courage up to its very peak, she walked back. An older couple stood up and introduced themselves as Diamond and Cole. She looked almost in shock as Diamond nodded at Cole and he offered to introduce her around. There were so many people she knew she would never remember their names. Not that it mattered. She was going to eat, maybe try to eavesdrop on some conversations, just for curiosity's sake. Then she was gone, back to her life. Is this your first munch? asked Cole, snapping her back to the place. Yes, it is, she replied, then chastised herself for admitting she didn't know anything. Well, you picked the perfect time to come to a munch. The presentation tonight is on limits and safe words. Seeing her confused look, he just smiled. Here we are, he said as they reached a table in the back corner, where a couple sat with a few empty chairs at the table. She took the indicated seat and looked over her table mates. The couple looked to be in their late 60s, and she felt drawn to them, though she wasn't sure why. In any case, being in the back with a cute, harmless couple made her feel safe, so she took a seat and smiled at them. He stuck a hand across the table, and she took it. My name is Jim, and this is Jane. Most people call us Razor and Shorty. She shook his hand and said, My name is Joanne. People call me Joe. He smiled at her. Well, welcome, Joe. It's nice to meet you. We are the welcome wagon for the tribe. If you have any questions or need anything, just let us know. She stared at him blankly. Something was different about him. It wasn't sexual attraction exactly, and she really couldn't figure out what it was. The waitress appeared, and she shook herself slightly, ordering her food and watching over her menu as the waitress went to them. She smiled a bit as he ordered for both of them. How cute. He knew her well enough to know what she wanted to eat. The service was quick, and she listened to the conversations swirl about her. She didn't know whether to be weirded out or shocked, because these were normal conversations about life, punctuated by words like rope, spank, mark. She wasn't sure she knew what the last one meant. After she ate, she rose to go to the ladies' room, and Shorty stood up as well. Once out of earshot, Shorty asked a big question. So tell me, dearie, why did you decide to come to the munch? She paused for a moment, thinking it over. I'm not sure, to be honest. 
I guess I wanted to see if you were real people, if that makes sense. Shorty smiled. And what have you decided? She turned to look at Shorty. The jury's still out, she said with a smile. After they had returned to their table, someone drug out a whiteboard, and for the next 45 minutes she learned about safety, safe words, and limits. Her head was spinning a bit. She hadn't realized you had choices. She had thought you had to do whatever anyone told you to do. Hearing this, she relaxed quite a bit. Razor looked at her. Next week, there's a play party. Shorty and I are going. If you'd like to go, too, just to see what happens, you're welcome. Without even thinking about it, she nodded. I would like that. And immediately kicked herself, thinking, there's another fine mess my mouth has got me into. The week drug by. She tried to research play parties on the web, but there were so many differing opinions. What was allowed... What wasn't, every place seemed to have different rules. She looked up the words she had heard and learned that she had the right to stop a scene if something was wrong. She had the right to tell someone what they could and couldn't do. Sometimes women's, women were the ones doing and men were having done to them. This was a huge surprise for her as she had never considered a woman could have that much power. Most of her time, though, was spent wondering what it would feel like to be tied up, spanked, and all the other things she had read about. Finally, though, the night before, she thought, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. I suppose I will see what happens tomorrow. She didn't get much work done that day as her mind kept insisting on thinking about the party that night. What was it going to be like? She had read that sex was allowed, so would there be piles of people rolling around naked on the floor? Would people be screaming? She wasn't sure how she had gotten here, but it wasn't an unpleasant place, she thought. She showered carefully and thoroughly that evening. Dressed in a garter belt with a black thong and black bra. She laughed at herself as she pulled a black skirt up and a blouse over her head. After all, this was her first time, and she didn't know if she wanted anyone to touch her or if anyone would even want to. She punched in the address to her iPhone and was surprised to see it was a warehouse. She shrugged and headed out the door, wondering if she would ever be the same person after the night was over. She arrived early as she always did but stayed in her car watching people go in. A lot of them carried gym bags in their hand, and she wondered what was in them. Finally, Razor and Shorty pulled up. They rode a motorcycle, and seeing them in leather made them seem a bit less harmless. She took a deep breath and opened her door, smiling at the couple. Razor smiled, and Shorty giggled. I knew you were one of us. She didn't know exactly what that meant, but she decided to take it as a compliment. Razor reached for and opened the door to the club, and she was surprised to see a line. She was handed a clipboard to make sure she was of age. As she filled it out, the nerves hit hard. The music was thumping behind a drawn curtain, and the occasional crack of something against skin could be heard. She was about to decide she couldn't do this when she heard Razor say, This one's on me. She looked up to see Razor passing some money to the people behind the desk. He motioned toward the curtains, and Shorty disappeared behind her. His gaze turned to her and and he smiled, motioning with his hand again. She took one last deep breath and headed into her future. It took her eyes a few minutes to adjust, since the lighting in the room was dim and colored, lots of blues and reds. They worked to soften the scene. The edges seemed to blur a bit around her. She saw a lot of what she guessed could be called furniture. Wooden X's and benches and one large frame. There were several people milling about, and only a few pieces of furniture had occupancy. Razor was standing there watching her and pointed to a much more brightly lit doorway.
She caught her breath and walked towards it to find a lounge that had several couches, and he had settled into one. Instead of sitting next to him, Shorty knelt in front of him. The sight caught, caught her by surprise. Shorty hadn't seemed like that to her. Razor just smiled and said, Would you like to have a seat? She sat with some trepidation, but still feeling safe. She was watching the people, all of them dressed in various ways, from suits to jeans to corsets to nothing. She heard Shorty's voice. Master, may I take Joanne around and show her all the fun things going on? Razor nodded and she stood up, holding out a hand, and said, Want to take a look around? Shaking just a bit, she took the offered hand and off they went. The first thing they passed were a couple of alcoves with massage tables set into them. In one, a naked guy was laying on the bed as a woman ran something over him that was on fire. <clears throat> she was fascinated. How could he lay there and let that happen? He looked blissful, she guessed was the word. Before she could think more about it, she felt a slight tug as Shorty steered her away to the large frame. A woman was giggling as she took off various pieces of clothing, leaving herself in only panties. While she did that, a guy was hanging a silver ring from the frame and laying out several pieces of rope. She was fascinated again. The guy tied, tied the woman up in a weird way, and she wasn't sure why so many wraps of rope were necessary until he stepped back and hoisted her into the air. Her eyes went wide as she saw the mostly naked girl twirling. She felt a tug on her hand again and reluctantly allowed herself to be pulled towards a wooden X. A big girl was tied facing the cross while a small woman dressed in leather was slapping her back and ass. Joanne was fascinated watching this, and when the woman reached into a bag and pulled out a flogger, she braced herself for a scream, but all she heard was a moan. It sounded like she was in heaven. Now she was confused. How could someone hitting someone with leather feel good? The look on her face must have given her away, as she heard Shorty whisper, It feels awesome if it's done right. The tug from Shorty came too soon, and they were headed for a corner where more smacking sounds were heard. A woman was kneeling on some kind of furniture, her knees on each side of it, and her hands hanging down with her ass in the air. A man in a kilt was standing behind her with a wooden paddle in his hand, spanking her. Her ass was red and seemed to follow the paddle a bit, pushing back when he pulled the paddle back and moving into each swing. The loud smacks were almost always accompanied by a grunt and a moan. The woman was sweating and begging, Please, sir, may I? Oh, God, please. The man moved around the front of her and lifted his kilt, pulling out his cock and putting it at her lips. He leaned slightly forward and continued to spank her as her mouth greedily sucked at his cock. She heard him say, Come now, slut. The woman moaned around his cock as her orgasm started and grew. Joanne didn't move, and it didn't even seem to her she blinked as she watched. She leaned down to Shorty and said, I don't think I could ever do that. A deep voice came from behind her. You never have to, unless you're ready and want to. She spun around and saw a tallish man dressed in jeans with leather chaps and boots. He smiled and offered a hand. My name is Drake. She shrunk back a bit. She couldn't explain it, but it seemed almost like he was a vortex, drawing her in. Would you like to have a scene a bit later? She stammered, I don't know, kind of, but it's scary. She cursed herself for a fool. Why was she telling him that? She couldn't help but be completely honest looking in his eyes. He smiled impishly, 
Why don't you ask Razor and Shorty about me? They can tell you how I play and if you'd be safe. Shorty giggled and pulled her away from the scene. He had apparently come as she was licking her lips and was untied. While they made their way back to the lounge, Joanne turned to Shorty. Do they always end with sex? Shorty giggled again. Only if you're lucky. Seriously, no. It all depends on what you negotiate beforehand. Once they had made their way back to the lounge and Shorty had taken her place on her knees in front of Razor, he looked at Joanne and asked, Well, what did you think? She answered honestly, It was interesting, but scary. Do you know someone named Drake? Razor's face got serious as he thought about it. I know him. He's very attentive and skilled. Why do you ask? He asked me if I wanted to play, and I kind of want to, but I'm scared. Razor smiled again. Would it help if Shorty went with you to negotiate and then stayed during the scene? A huge smile broke over Joanne's face. Oh, yes, it would, Razor, sir. She stopped, mouth open. Why had she called him sir? She had thought of... She thought about it, but had no answer. It just seemed right. Shorty got to her feet again, and they were off to find Drake. They found him sitting by himself at a table, watching the wooden cross, as a man was flogging a pert little roadhead. He looked up as they approached and smiled. Welcome back, Joanne. Please have a seat, both of you. Joanne looked at him surprised. How'd you know my name? The smile never left his face as he said simply, Oh, I make it my business to learn the name of every beautiful woman in the room. Would you like to talk about the possibility of a scene? She found herself blurting out, I want to be spanked, but I don't want to get naked. He simply said, agreed. What would you like to be spanked with? She hadn't considered that and said, I don't know. What are my options? Chuckling, he reached under the table and pulled out a black gym bag. He began laying out a variety of paddles from leather to wood to rubber to fiberglass. Her eyes got huge. Um, I don't know. I've never done anything like this before. He chuckled. Well, let's do this. I would, of course, like to use my hands and perhaps a selection of the leather ones for a start and then see where it goes from there. What about Marks? She looked at Shorty, who didn't say anything, just watched her giggling. Um, I don't think so, at least not this time. Again, she chastised herself for making it sound like there would be other times. Drake looked at her, the grin gone, and a seriousness in his gaze. Do you have any medical issues or anything I need to know about? She said, nope, Mom always said I was healthy as a horse. Smiling, Drake stood and offered his hand. One last thing, if there is any problems, or you need me to slow down or lighten up, say yellow. If you need me to completely stop, say red. She nodded and took his hand, her heart hammering in her chest as they approached the spanking bench. She looked it over as she approached, and it seemed to be just a piece of padded wood held up by a couple legs running down the side. There were a couple of angles of wood near both ends. She figured out they were for her hands and knees. Drake leaned in and asked, Is it okay if I pull your dress up, or would you prefer to leave it down? She was happy for the mood lighting as it hit her blush. When she whispered, leave it down, please. He answered, of course, Joanne, whatever you're comfortable with. She hesitantly mounted the bench and could feel her ass in the air. It felt like everyone was staring at her bubble butt. Drake whispered, I'm going to do what's called a warm-up. I'm going to rub and lightly slap your ass to get your skin ready. She swallowed hard but nodded and soon felt his hand rubbing her ass. It felt good, not sexual exactly, more relaxing. 
She wondered briefly what he did to get such strong hands. Her reverie was broken when the hand left, then came back with a solid smack. It wasn't painful, but it was firm. She guessed that was the word for it. Drake picked up a rhythm, smacking her ass in a pattern, three smacks, then a rub. She was really enjoying it and marveled that she felt herself getting wet. When she felt his hot breath in her ear, I'm going to start with a light paddle now. Do you remember your safe words? She nodded and felt her ass cheeks tense almost against her will. The first hard swat with the paddle caught her by surprise and she whimpered. With almost no delay, another followed, and another. They again fell in the pattern, three hard smacks and a rub, and she felt herself almost drifting away with the rhythm. Rhythm. She had no idea how long it lasted before the smack stopped and became just rubs. Drake leaned in again. I want you to wrap yourself in this soft blanket and go sit at that table. I will be there as soon as I clean the equipment. It didn't take long for him to settle in beside her, sliding his chair next to hers and putting an arm around her, just snuggling her for what seemed like an eternity. She felt fuzzy around the edges and snuggled into him, wondering what was going on. She hadn't felt like this before and couldn't have explained it if she was asked. Luckily, he didn't ask. He just held her. Finally, though, she felt like she could move and sat up a bit. He handed her a bottle of water and waited quietly while she gulped at it. When she was finished, he put a hand over hers and said, I would like your number so I can call you tomorrow. Sometimes people have feelings of loneliness or sadness the day after a scene. I want to be able to talk to you to be sure you are okay. She gave him her number and he slipped it into his wallet. Looking him over closely, she saw a thin sheen of sweat on his brow and wondered just how hard he had worked to take her where she hadn't been before. He stayed with her the rest of the evening, showing her around, talking about toys and scenes and the scene. He taught her more in those few hours than she had learned in her weeks of study on the internet. Finally, the party ended and it was time to go home. The next morning, at 11 o'clock, her phone rang and it was Drake. He asked how she was doing and she answered she was really good. Before the call ended, he said, I would like to see you again. With a smile she hoped he couldn't hear in her voice, she readily agreed. The next week was a whirlwind of emails and calls with him as they worked out the, the details. This time he would be, this time she would be naked, but he would not remove his pants. I don't want you to ever feel like I'm using you simply for sex. As the day approached, she found herself fantasizing about what it would be like and seemed to constantly be moist. I'm acting like a schoolgirl with a crush, she told herself repeatedly. The day before the meeting was set, he told her to make a safe call. When she asked what that was, he said, Talk to Shorty and tell her where we will be and set up a time to call her so she knows you're safe. I want you to set up a code word, I don't know, that you have to say to prove you're not under duress. The thought struck her, am I safe? Then she knew she was, because he was guiding her through making sure she was safe. Yes, sir, she stammered again, not knowing why she called him sir, but it just felt right. Big day arrived and she woke to find an email waiting for her from him. It said simply, Today I want you to wear what you normally would for work on the outside. However, underneath you are to wear the lacy black bra you told me about and no panties. After work, come straight to the hotel. Dinner will be waiting. An inexplicable shiver went up her back. She had never gone without panties before, and it seemed so, well, naughty. And the fact he had told her to do it 
made it all the more titillating. She could feel him taking control of her. After all, he hadn't even asked what she wanted for dinner. But that just made it, well, right. Work seemed to drag, especially since every move she made, she was reminded that she wasn't wearing any panties. And that made her think about the evening. And that made her think about him. It was an endless cycle, and she felt her desire growing and growing. She giggled at herself. I'm such a slut getting so wet just from no underwear. Five o'clock finally arrived. She wasted no time getting out the door. However, on the way to the hotel, she found herself driving far enough under the speed limit that people were glaring at her as they passed. When she arrived, she sat in the car for a few minutes, gathering her courage before taking a deep breath and heading for the hotel room. She knocked on the door and it was opened almost immediately. Drake was dressed in black jeans and a leather vest left open to show his bare chest. He smiled and said, Please come in, my dear. She entered and looked around. There was a lot of toys laid out around the room. Drake informed her, I just finished laying out dinner. Feel free to look at all the toys and ask any questions you have. If you want to feel anything in particular, let me know and I will use it on your forearm to give you an idea. Wandering around the room, she saw three floggers, a large amount of clothespins, some paddles, and something she didn't recognize. Turning to him, she held up the small metal thing that had a handle with a spiked wheel at the end. He looked at her. That's a Wartenberg wheel. It is used in the medical field for nerve testing. She looked at the wicked thing fascinated, remarking, I don't want to be cut. Taking it from her, he held out his forehand and, pressing hard, ran it up at... This doesn't draw blood, but it does feel sharp. Hold out your forearm. She did so, and he ran it across. She watched fascinated. It felt exactly as he said, like many needles in her arm, but there was no blood, and she couldn't help smiling. Dinner is ready, he announced, and he laid out some of her favorite foods. She vaguely remembered a conversation about food, but he must have paid close attention to her and remembered it all. Dinner was delicious, and the conversation was light and amusing. After dinner, he looked her over, and she knew it was time, and pushed back from the table. He stood in the center of the room and placed his feet shoulder-width apart and had his hands behind his neck. This is the position I want you in, so I can explore your body with my hands. She reached up to undress, and he gently stopped her. I prefer to unwrap my presence. She giggled and stood there, closing her eyes. A blindfold slipped down over over them, and suddenly it all seemed all her senses had heightened. He slid, His hands slid down her side, both gentle and firm. They rested on her waist, and she suddenly felt his breath in her ear. You are fucking gorgeous. It's hard not to just strip you right now. His hand slid around to rest on her ass, kneading it firmly, and she tried to move into it. However, as she did, a firm smack came across it. Don't move unless I tell you to. She gasped and head st- held still as his hand started to slide up her back, using his thumbs to press lightly into her muscles, a pleasant feeling she had to admit. His hand slid over her shoulders and started down her front, cupping her breasts, thumbs gliding over her suddenly hard nipples. He leaned his face in her to nuzzle her neck, kissing and licking, almost so light she couldn't tell if it was true or she was imagining it. His hands caught under her shirt, and he started to lift it over her head, breaking the nuzzling just long enough to complete taking it off. His hands moved to her stomach, and he seemed to take forever because she, before she felt her bra being pulled up and over her breasts and then over her head. 
She expected to feel his thumbs rubbing her nipples and gasped in surprise when she felt his thumb and forefinger start to squeeze and roll them firmly. The combined feeling of his lips on her neck and his fingers on her nipples pulled a moan from her. With a blindfold on, it was hard not to just give yourself over to the feeling and she didn't fight it. She barely felt her pants slide down over her hips and the cool hotel air blowing across her naked pussy. She did, however, feel him stop and whined just a bit until she felt his mouth enclose the nipple with a moist heat. His hand slipped up the inside of her leg, rusting against her slit, as he nipped and sucked each nipple in turn. Moving his hand and gently leading her to the bed, he said in a firm voice, hands and knees, ass up in the air. She scrambled to obey without even thinking about it. Her mind seemed wrapped in a soft fuzz, and all she could do was feel and let him have control. She had barely settled on the bed as instructed when she felt his hands on her again. He explored every inch of her body. She was willing to believe he knew her body more than anyone else ever had. Smacking her ass, he commanded, on your back, hands at your sides. She dropped and rolled without thinking, feeling vulnerable and also so friggin' wet. She wasn't sure how to feel. His hands found her breast, and he began to knead and lightly pinch them. I'm going to put some clothespins on your tits. If you need your safe words, use them. She nodded nervously and waited. The clothespins went on, each with a pinch, but nothing horrible. She kept waiting for the one on her nipples, but it never came, and she was almost disappointed. That was until she felt her nipple pulled up and something clapped to the areola behind each nipple. That one hurt, and she squirmed. It seemed the more she squirmed, the more it hurt, but damned if it wasn't a good hurt. She would think in the next few days, what the hell is a good hurt? But for now, she couldn't think in any case. She felt the warm heat over each clothespin as he used his mouth to pull them off. Each one got a moan, and she was slipping further away. When the blindfold came off, he was handing her a bottle of water and her phone. It's time for your safe call, he said simply, and headed for the bathroom both because he had to, but also to give her some privacy. Shorty answered on the first ring, and the conversation didn't last long. Both were satisfied as they hung up, and she laid back down, noticing for the first time she was not just moist, but soaking wet. When he came out of the bathroom, he looked at her and said, Stand up near the wall, head bent forward, resting on your hands. Not quite sure what was happening, she scrambled into the position, anticipating whatever was next. His hands slid up and down her back, almost massaging them before moving away. The next thing she felt was sharpness. It had to be the Wartenberg wheel, but how did a sharp sensation also feel so sensuous? She had no time to explore that, however, as she felt a light padding on her shoulder blades. The now familiar three smacks followed by rubbing, building an intensity over time. Time. What was that? How much had passed? She didn't know and she didn't really care. All she knew was this felt damn good, and it only seemed a moment when she felt him in her ear again. I'm going to start using a flogger. For this time, just the one. She held her breath waiting. At first it seemed almost like air was being blown over her back. Then it progressed to a soft kiss, followed by a light pat from many fingers. Finally, however, she felt a hard thud and some sting to each one. It seemed to push her down a tunnel. The thuds continued until she felt there was no way she could take it anymore, only to be replaced by the softness of fur. The combination couldn't be described, and she didn't bother trying. 
They stopped, and he reached under her hair to the nape of her neck, squeezing the hair there and leading her back to the bed. She tried to climb into it, but he stopped her, leaving her bent over. His hands started sliding over her ass, and she relaxed into them. The smacking started. Three smacks, then some rubbing. Three smacks, then some rubbing. Over and over, always building in intensity. Once he stopped, she was anticipating a paddle. What she got was a flogger. She wouldn't have known what it was if it hadn't been for her back. Hard thuds and fur almost combined in her mind, edges blending together. Then came the paddles. She couldn't tell when one was changed or when there was rubbing. She was lost in her own feelings. The next thing she remembered even half clearly was being pulled into the bed and wrapped in Drake's arms. The next thing she knew the sun was gleaming in the window. She looked at Drake still holding her as he slept. A hard bulge in his jeans. She giggled and considered stroking it. In the end, though, that didn't feel right. She just snuggled back in and went back to sleep. When she awoke again, sunlight was streaming through the window. Drake was already up, and the smell of coffee brewing was wonderful. He smiled at her. I've already ordered breakfast. It should be here shortly. She felt warm and comfortable in bed, but it seemed wrong to be laying there while he was sitting at the table. Reluctantly, she kicked the covers off. I really need a shower after last night. Are you going to join me? He shook his head. Not this time. I told you you wouldn't see me naked. She was a bit disappointed. Maybe he didn't find her attractive. The notion was soon dispelled as she walked past him and he jumped to his feet, wrapping his arms around her. His hands cupped her ass and their tongues fought a brief duel and parted friends. She could feel the erection was back and she accidentally brushed a hand over it as he broke the kiss. Grunting a bit, he stepped back and slapped her ass. Go take your shower. Breakfast should be here soon. Her shower didn't take long when she walked out of the bathroom wrapped in a towel. Pancakes and bacon waited on the table. She felt a hand on her back and then she was naked again. Giggling, she put her hands over her head and spun around. See anything you like? He smiled at her. I see a whole lot I like very much. The day they spent together passed quickly. I will call you tomorrow to see how you are. If you need me before, then you must call me. Understood? I also want to talk about when we can get together again. She nodded, a lump in her throat. I would like that a lot. It didn't occur to her till she was on the way home that, indeed, she had never seen his cock that entire weekend. Her phone rang the next morning around noon, and she picked it up on the first ring. Drake's voice came through. Good morning. I trust you slept well. She answered, well, except for needing new batteries in my vibrator, anyway. The deep laugh that came through her speaker made her smile. I would like us both to get tested together. She was confused. What do you mean by that? We haven't even had sex. The deep voice came again. Next time we will, and before we do, even though I use protection, it is always best to be safe. A feeling went through her. She wasn't sure what it was. It felt safe. Okay, but I don't know where to go, she said. I will meet you at this address tomorrow after you get out of work. The conversation was light, and they talked about this and that for an hour or so. She was smiling when they hung up. They met for the testing, and he took her to dinner afterwards. She noticed he ordered for her again. She thought about protesting, but what he had ordered was exactly what she had considered, so she just smiled. They made a date for the next weekend at the same hotel. She once again felt, felt the large bulge in his jeans as they kissed goodbye. They spoke or emailed on a daily basis, and she was counting the days till Friday. It was a bit strange. 
Sex for her had always been what she did to keep her partner happy. This time, however, she couldn't wait to feel him inside her. Her vibrator got a workout every night, and she, and when she orgasmed, it was always his face she saw. That Friday, she opened her email with anticipation, and indeed there was one from him. He told her he wanted her to wear silky panties as well as the black lace bra this time. Instead of meeting him at the hotel, she was to meet him at a nearby restaurant. She wasn't sure why, but she was vaguely disappointed she wasn't going straight to the hotel. You slut, you're horny, she giggled. The restaurant was a nice one, and he, of course, ordered for her again. She didn't even question it anymore. It was just something he did. While they were waiting, he leaned over. Go to the restroom, take off your panties, ball them up in your hand, and bring them to me. She blushed, not sure if he was serious, but one look told her he was. She argued with herself as she walked to the restroom. This is so wrong, but damned if it doesn't feel right. The crotch of her panties were damp when she pulled them off. She handed them to him, not sure what was going to happen next, and was relieved when he put them in his pocket with no comment. As they were finishing dinner, he looked at her intensely. Tonight I would like to use rope. Are you comfortable with that? <clears throat> she thought it over. She got only good vibes from him and nodded. They ate quickly and talked about this and that. The one thing they didn't talk about was sex, though that was all that was on her mind. They headed back to the hotel and she felt the rubbing of her clothes against her clit. Once they got to the hotel, he looked at her. Strip and take a look around while I use the restroom. Once he disappeared, she noticed a few things. The first looked like a giant tackle box, and she gasped when she opened it. Inside were several vibrators and dildos, all obviously newly purchased. There was a small straight pink one, a purple one shaped like a cock, a handle with a very large head that looked to plug in, and a very large purple egg. The second was a belt with two loops on, one, on each side, and the third several lengths of purple rope. She reached out to touch it, and it felt silky. Lost in thought, she didn't hear the bathroom door open, and jumped a bit when she felt his lips on her neck. He spun her around and kissed her deeply, a kiss she returned with real hunger. Stepping back, he told her, strip nice and slowly, I want to enjoy the show. She followed his direction slowly, one piece at a time, revealing herself to him, piece by piece. She watched him as she did, and his gaze never left her. He didn't even seem to blink. She blushed and lowered her eyes as she felt him taking her in, wondering what he thought. That was until her eyes happened upon the crotch of his jeans, and there was that large bulge. Now remove my clothes, but do not touch my cock, he commanded. She shyly stepped forward and began to pull at his t-shirt. As it slid over his head, she noted a bit of chest hair and nipples a bit larger than most men. She licked her lips and wanted to put one in her mouth, but the thought of disappointing him was intolerable to her, so she didn't. She knelt down to untie his boots and felt his hand in her hair as he lifted each foot, allowing her to take them, as well as his socks off. Now for the main event, she thought, as she reached for his belt without rising from her knees. She unbuckled it and then opened his pants and zipper. One of the largest cocks she'd ever seen fairly jumped out at her. She gasped when she saw the silvery ring in the end of it, wondering if it would hurt. Then she looked his cock up and down again and decided she really wanted to find out firsthand. She looked up, waiting for him to say something. <clears throat> on the bed and on your back, I want you to masturbate for me. Her eyes opened wide and she asked the obvious question. Why do you want that? It was showing me how you like to be touched, he responded. 
She slowly climbed up on the bed and opened her legs. She closed her eyes, blushing as her hand moved down to her pussy. The middle finger slid between the lips, and the first touch brought a moan to her lips, and she pressed harder. She hardly even noticed Drake's hand spreading her open so he could see better. She did, however, very much notice his hot breath on her thigh. The combination brought her closer and closer to the edge. Her hips involuntarily bucked, and she growled deep in her throat as her orgasm came ever closer. Just before that could happen, she felt her hand moved away and a deep voice say, Not yet. She opened her eyes to see him bringing the belt and rope over to the bed. Lift your hips. He commanded and she obeyed. Sliding the belt under her hips and fastening it around her waist, he said, Put your hands down in these loops. <clears throat> Remember your safe word. If anything gets cold, loses feeling, or starts tingling, I want to know about it. Understand? She nodded again, watching with a combination of fear and anticipation as the loops tightened on her wrist. She tried moving them and found she had about an inch of play, but that was all. Bend your knees tight, he said. She complied and watched fascinated as he took a length of rope and twirling his hands made a loop out of it. He slid the loop over her thigh and calf that ran the ends under her knee, locking it in. He repeated the process with the other leg then tied each one to the respective side of the bed, opening them wide. She felt completely exposed and vulnerable. She briefly wondered if he liked what he saw, until she saw his cock pointing straight up as hard as she had ever seen one. She lay there unsure of what to do next, until she saw his head lower over her nipple. He sucked it into his mouth and gently scraped it with his teeth while flicking the end with his tongue. Her need grew exponentially, her pussy begging for attention as he moved to the other one. Then she went dead still as his tongue drugged down her stomach and over her mound. It spread her lips and found her clit. He started the same way he had on her nipple, and she moaned, trying to grind herself onto his face. He reached up and held her hips down so she couldn't move at all, and then sucked her clit into his mouth as far as he could. Trapping it there with his teeth, he began to run his tongue along it. The combination of being sucked hard and tongued both quickly brought her back to the edge. Before she could come, he let her click go and slid his tongue down to her opening, sliding it into her cunt and moving his head as so he was fucking her with his tongue. He let go of her hip and moved his hand over, placing two fingers on her mound. Just where her slit started, he pressed down firmly. She had never felt anything like that, and she started to thrash around against her bonds. Again, just before she came, he stopped and leaned back. Why did you stop, she almost begged. It's not time for you to come yet, girl. When it's time, I will tell you. Till then, <clears throat> I won't let you. Most men seemed worried about if she had come or not. He seemed supremely confident that he could make her come at will. The confidence turned her on as much as anything, and she finally gave herself over to him totally and just started to feel. Nothing had happened for a few minutes, and she opened her eyes to see him pulling the large egg from its package. He applied lube to it, though she doubted she would need any. Sliding the egg inside her, he rested it so it pressed against her G-spot. She felt full and wondered what was next until a vibration started. It moved and pressed against her, and she almost immediately started to buck her hips. Before her orgasm hit, though, the vibration stopped. Her eyes flew open, and he was kneeling beside her. Open your mouth, he said simply. Finally, she would get to feel that cock, and she tried to reach for it, only to have her hand stopped by the rope. He slid his cock into her mouth, just past the head, 
and she started to bob up and down on it. A hand in her hair stopped that, and he looked in her eyes. Don't move your head. Just rub the underside of my head with your tongue. The vibration started again, and she tried to concentrate on doing as he, she was asked. But it was hard. It got harder as the vibration intensified. Just before she could come, the vibration stopped. The pattern continued. She would start massaging his cock with her tongue, and the vibration would start, only to stop before she could come. She started looking faster and more desperate, hoping she could make it feel so good he would forget about shutting off the vibrator. This time, though, the vibration stopping coincided with the removal of his, of his cock from her mouth. Her cunt quivered in anticipation of the cock she thought would soon be inside her. He had had other things planned, but seeing her need, he discarded those plans, slipped the condom on, and moved over her, nuzzling her neck. Feeling his weight and the sensation on her neck, she opened her eyes and watched him move his hips slightly. The ring slipped in and the head pressed against her. She tried to spread her legs wider, but they were already held open by the rope. He pressed into her just past the head, then paused. The initial feeling of being entered ex extended for her, and her body exploded in orgasm. She lost track after that, though her body rose to meet his every thrust. Her mind was in a world of color and feeling. His thrust grew harder, and the ring rubbed against the inside of her, pressing down and making the feeling that much more intense. Her orgasm grew, if that was possible, as he neared his own. She tried to take him deeper, but the ropes resisted. Having something to pull against only made her orgasm stronger. The colors blended together, and the sounds faded. She felt as if she were floating now, even as he pushed hard into her for his own orgasm. He rolled off her, and without bothering to take off the condom, untied her and pulled her in close to him. She didn't know anything about that, though, as she was still floating among the colors. She had no idea how long it was before she came back to herself. When she did, he was next to her, snuggling her and stroking her hair. She sighed contented, contentedly and drifted off to sleep. When she woke, he was still sleeping, and she quietly got out of bed to make his coffee. She had watched him do it and thought she knew exactly how he liked it. When she turned around, he was watching her smiling. She brought him his coffee and waited for him to taste it. One sip, and he nodded approvingly. She smiled and made her own coffee, settling back into bed with him. The, they spent the day exploring each other and talking. The next morning after she got home, things seemed a bit different. She wasn't sure why, but everything had seemed to shift just a bit. He, his call came at noon, and she chatted happily to him. Just before he hung up, he said, I would like you to be mine. She had said that she would like that, but after she hung up, she wondered what exactly he meant. The next evening after work, she had gotten a package. The letter read, Dearest Joanne, I know this seems fast, but as they say, the heart wants what the heart wants. I want you to be mine. I hope you will read this and we can talk about it at dinner. Drake. She had finished the letter and looked at the next package and saw the top paper that read, A Contract for the Voluntary Submission of Joanne Reynolds. I hope you enjoyed this story tonight. Next week's might be a little different, but for now, it's time for bed. Kinky dreams. Mm -hmm.